Podcasters Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. In my darkness, set me free. And I hear the Spirit calling me. Hello, this is Pastor Shane Eidelman of Westside Christian Fellowship. Because pastoring can be difficult, challenging, and exhausting, Pastors Unplugged is specifically designed to encourage those in pastoral ministry. I hope you enjoy this episode of Pastors Unplugged. Hey, welcome to another episode of Pastors Unplugged. I try to do at least one or two of these a month and just really encourage pastors. You know, they need it more than ever before right now. These times are very challenging um, because we're finding ourselves, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. This 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 group is offended or this group isn't offended or um, mixture of, you know, air coming into the church and political ideology and how do you handle that and so much going on. Um, but the key is to stay true to God's word, spend a lot of time with him. That's the key. I really want to encourage you guys. If you spend a lot of time in God's word, a lot of time praying, add some fasting, add some worship, add some brokenness, add some humility, add some surrender. God, I'm yours. Whatever you want to do with me, I fully surrender. I just want to preach the unadulterated, undiluted word and Lord, Holy Spirit be upon me and watch what God will do. You know, that really is the secret to success in the ministry. But let's talk about this area of criticism. You know, how do, how do we handle criticism? And, um, boy, there's so much to this. I think I'm just going to focus on the main points. And that is this. I think we need to be obviously open to constructive criticism, but we need to guard ourselves from a critical spirit. And we also, um, you don't want to be fishing for attention. You know, what did you think of this sermon? What did you think of this? What do you think of that? Or what do you think of that? And you're asking opinions, you know, you're going to get some feedback, uh, even on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And uh, I let people know, you know, 99% of the time, I don't read the comments. And people say, well, that's arrogant. You're unteachable. Actually, it has nothing to do with that. Number one, I don't have the time. I don't know who has the time to look at that much material coming in. Number two is the biggie for me is I don't know these people. They might've heard one sermon and then they're going to offer, you know, criticism on one sermon. They don't know my heart. They don't know the calling that God has put upon my life or the church. They could be in a very hard spot. I know a lot of people lash out, you know, after they're loaded up on alcohol or drugs or, you know, they're going through challenges, they're caught in sin and, you know, pastors can become easily, easy punching back. So I, I don't do that. It's not that I'm not concerned or open for feedback. What I do is I look to the core team around me. You know, you're talking dozens upon dozens of people. Now, if they say, hey, Shane, you said this, you know, you really came across this way, or you might want to rethink this, or, um, you know, you, you fill in the blank, then that's when I would definitely take it to the Lord, even bring it up to the elders or the elders meetings, you know, once a month, hey, is there anything you guys see that I'm, I need to work on or that I'm veering or drifting? especially when it comes to the you know issue of being political, um, which to me, I'm just preaching God's word and applying it to all areas of life. And when I have their unanimous support, especially when we opened during COVID, unanimous support, uh, talk to key leaders, deacons, elders, overseers, uh, key volunteers, hey, what do you guys think about this? Is this, you know, am I coming across wrong? Am I, you know, and if, you know, 99% of that godly counsel is, um, 
you know, not on my side per se, but uh, going against the critical heart of the person offering criticism, then kind of just have to reject it. Doesn't mean you can't learn from it. Doesn't mean you can't take it to the Lord. But, you know, I really had to disengage about 18 months ago because it was just, it's just exhausting. It's pointless. Uh, to me, it's like debating over useless genealogies and contentions and striving. And it's really not effective. Um, if somebody, you know, I've had some people, you know, they'll email, let's say the church and say, Hey, you know, pastor Shane, thank you so much for your ministry. It's meant a lot, um, to me, I've grown in this area. However, you know, if, you know, whatever it is, I can't even think of anything right now, you know, you might want to take this to the Lord or have you considered this, or maybe I'm missing it. Maybe you have talked about this. I know one guy went off. Uh, about a month ago, and our, our one of the people who responds to our website, uh, we I have three, two or three different administrators on Facebook, social media, Instagram, so I don't really correspond with too many people. Emails go to different people, and then they forward them on. But uh, he sent him a few of my messages and just said, have you even heard any other messages? This church is all about repentance. And the guy's like, oh, okay, sorry, I apologize. So they just take one sermon. Sometimes they get one sermon clip, or they read one 800-word article, and they just go off. And so I don't think it's healthy to read those. I don't think it's, I have enough people within me, within the core group who love me and my wife and my wife will speak truth. You know, we don't have a lot of yes men at the church. I mean, a lot of people speak truth into your life and, and uh, help correct when you're off course. Um, so I think we've got to be open, but you, you have to make sure it's coming from the right source, the right heart. Um, and even those at your own church, you know, those people, I mean, they they really have a critical heart and you almost see them. Okay, here they come again. You know, and I, we've got some people at Westside Christian Fellowship like that. It's like just always picking apart something. And so, you know, you just learn and maybe they have some good points. You want to learn from it. Uh, but if we're constantly being shaped by the opinions of others, then it's going to be a really rough road ahead. And I believe we can lose that anointing of the Holy Spirit as long as we stay humble and broken. Lord, what do you want to say? Because here's the key for me. A lot of people, not everyone, uh, most of the core team understands my calling, for example, or your calling, or, you know, I mean, we have different, although we're all called as pastors, I guess I should clarify that, um, called, but with that calling, there is a lot of diversity. For example, most men are called obviously to work, you know, that's our calling to work. Well, one's going to be a fireman, somebody, a policeman, somebody, an engineer, somebody, a pastor, somebody, you know, so within that calling, there's different ministries and Westside Christian fellowship is, has a unique calling that, um, you know, we, we've been, uh, we've been, um, uh, labeled like a rate Leonard Ravenhill church or AW Tozer or that strong prophetic voice or that, you know, voice crying in the wilderness, John the Baptist and John the Baptist ruffled a lot of feathers. I mean, when you're a voice crying in the wilderness, you're calling out sin and you're rebuking the arrogant pharmaceutical heart. And you're also rebuking lukewarm carnal Christianity. And you're wanting all of us to just bow at the foot of the cross and humble ourselves. You know, you ruffle a lot of feathers. Um, and when I came, came out against like, um, you know, dark movies, uh, you know, from Harry, Twi- Harry Potter, <laughs> Twilight, trying to combine those Harry Potter, Twilight, you know, I mean, if you watch that movie, you're not going to hell. You're probably not going to drift from God, you know, but if it's an, if that entertains you, that darkness, inter- like I've got to watch vampires and I got to hear more about the occult and witchcraft and wizardry. And I just love this dark horse, man, that's pretty, that's not good. And so those people who like those movies will call me out. And because they're convicted, they're upset. So, you know, there's nothing I can do with that. Now, maybe I can learn to be more gentle and gracious in my tone 
you know, for sure. Or when you call out arrogant conservative hearts that are not open to the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, they, they don't like worship nights. They don't like prayer mornings. They don't like extended worship. They're just, they're just dead. You know, the straight is a gun barrel, theologically, like I often say, but just as empty. And so, um, you know, you just have to take that criticism to the Lord. I, my stance is I don't look for it. Um, I don't read it on social media. I don't wake up in the morning like, let's see who's critiquing me. The problem is, here's what I think many pastors struggle with. They look to social media or other avenues, and they want the encouragement. And thank God for that. But mixed with the encouragement is going to be a lot of, you know, there, I think there's people on there, they call them trolls for a reason. They're just on there to harass you, to convict you, to upset you. And you just you know, pray for them, let that go. So maybe it's God's way of also loving lovingly rebuking those who are constantly looking for affirmation, there's rebukes in there as well. It's like, oh, that just ruined my morning. Listen, if somebody's opinion of you ruins your morning, you need to begin your morning reading God's word and being prayed up and humble yourself before him and worshiping. And then out of that abundant fullness of the spirit, you know, if you, for me, I just come across something like I'll just, um, you know, somebody will send me a screenshot. Oh man, did you see this, you know, thing on Facebook they said about you? And I'm like, no, I didn't, you know, think so. Um, because if you're, if you're off, I mean, your core team's going to speak to you, but again, it doesn't mean you can't learn from the constructive feedback, but I found all those people don't want answers. They just want to continually, you know, just belittle you and, and, and just, you know, I just had one yesterday. There you go. I looked on it, uh, a post just to, um, uh, see something from a friend and, you know, I answered this lady about, you know, we're not a true church or the true churches are worshiping on Saturday. And I sent her some material on it and said, oh, no, that's, that's definitely off. And she didn't want to hear it. And so here we go again on this tirade. So I'm like, I don't, I don't have time for that. If these people aren't open and teachable, they want me to be open and teachable, but they're not, you know, come on, give me a break. So my, my three rules of engagement here are minimize it, minimize it, minimize it as much as you can. Minimize the critical hearts because you're going to get enough of it as it is. Uh, and when it does come, make sure your heart is prepared to receive constructive criticism, take it to the Lord and pray about it and really pray about it and say, and number three, you know, I, I often go back to the person, Hey, I, I prayed about it. And, uh, I just don't feel that same conviction that you do. For example, when I was speaking out in 2016 or 2020 about president, about the presidential race, <clears throat> and I said some things about a candidate people didn't appreciate, you know, I took that to the Lord and, and man, I, I think that pulpit is to be the voice that, that discerns uh, what's really going on. I mean, before the American Revolution, you should look at the sermons that shaped uh, the thought process behind that. Now, I'm not advocating that, of course, but sermons always spark uh, change in the political arena from slavery to to a lot of different things. And so, you know, I just said lovingly, hey, I don't, I don't agree with that. Um, and the people say I'm too political and you know, take it to Lord and talk to elder. But Hey, again, I, I just don't agree with that. I, what happens is I'm talking about a hot button issue you disagree with, and now you're upset or I'll preach on wokeness or, um, I don't know any other hot button issues and, um, older adults say fifties in their fifties or sixties, um, you know, will send the message to their kids in their twenties 
and their kids don't like it. And so the parents take the side of the kids. Yeah, Shane, you're getting too political. You're doing this. And, and they're actually being conformed to this woke agenda. Woke is really political correctness repackaged. It just means, you know, it came from, hey, you need to wake up. There's racism. Yeah, there is racism. Let's wake up and let's address it. Let's change the heart. But let's not wake up by, um, you know, punishing people for their skin color. Hey, we need to wake up the LGBTQ uh, suicide rate is alarming. Yeah, we do need to wake up and point them to the cross um, because you can be woke but misled. Um, you can be, um, you know, woke but weak. And we would point LGBTQ, hey, there's, there's a savior who died for you. Here's the cross. Um, and let that hope take away all types of, of pain and, and discouragement and frustration. And, um, but wokeness will say, hey, you can't talk about that anymore. You can't, you can't say that that's a sin in the Bible. We have to wake up to the fact that people are hurting. And so, yes, I'm woke up to the fact that they're hurting. That's why I'm pointing them to the cross, pointing them to repentance. And so see that whole ideology mindset there. Um, so, you know, sometimes if they say, hey, you're self-righteous, okay, you know, are they confusing boldness with being self-righteous? Um, I know sometimes people say, you know, Shane, you talk about yourself in the sermon. Why can't we just talk about the Bible, you know, stories from the Bible? And I'm not really sure where that comes from. I mean, biblically speaking, it, it, it's called, it's called uh, practical application. <laughs> You're applying real life scenarios and situations to biblical uh, truths. So uh, I, I don't really know what to do with that one because the, the irony is I would, I would love to never, never mention myself, my stories, my past, because people use it against you. Uh, when you open up and you show them your wounds, they hit you harder. They, 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 oh yeah, you see, you struggle with this before. I bet you're struggling with it now. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a landmine. It's a filled, a filled, it's a filled, filled with landmines. You know, when you talk about yourself, because now, oh, here's your past. Oh, you used to do this. And oh, and so I would love not to talk about it. It's not about it, because if you've noticed, I actually um, make myself not look in a good light the majority of the time. And if I ever make myself look in a positive light, it's because I want to show if we boast, we boast in what Christ has done, Paul said. Look at what God has done. And so I, I just totally agree, disagree with that because people, and I've asked our core team, they're like, no, we love it when you tie in you know, your own story and what you learned from it and your own marriage. So I don't know what's wrong with these people, honestly. You know, because you can have a Bible story, but you can also tie it into real life experience. And so nine times out of 10, these people are just critical cat. These are judgmental Jerry's. And so I just have to kind of let that go. However, take the Lord, Lord, am I talking about myself too much? My situations and things? I mean, if I am, show me, I'm definitely open to that, but I think you're helping people. And, um, the majority of people I run into you know, say, thank you so much for your sermons. They've really helped me and how you opened up, how you were transparent. It's good to hear a pastor being so transparent. We don't hear that much. And, you know, I, I know there's some people I, I follow that I, I like here in Southern California, across the United States, you know, pastors, probably 60s and their 70s. And I don't think they ever, ever highlight any area where they've blown it. Um, And I'm like, wow, it's almost like, you know, you look at them as superstars, almost really close to Jesus, you know, right next to Jesus because they don't open up about their failures. They're not transparent. And so I don't, I don't know if that serves a purpose. Granted, we don't want to be, you know, wear what they say, wear your emotions on your sleeve and, oh, I had a hard day today and oh, this week. And I, maybe I've done that too much. Maybe I've, I've vented too much, but usually there's a, a method behind that. There's a reason behind that. 
Um, and so if, if people, people say you talk about yourself, maybe, you know, take it to the Lord and back off that a little bit. But if you never are transparent, I would take that to the Lord as well. Uh, if people think you are self-righteous, you know, find out how, how can I, because see that the truth offends, but as long as my attitude shouldn't, you know, so if the truth offends them, there's nothing I can do. But if they say, um, well, no, look at your, look at your demeanor and you're snarky and you're rude. And, um, you know, like during the mask mandates and all that, you know, if you remember that, uh, those times, you know, pastors that were saying, you know, you're not welcome here if you're wearing a mask, take that stupid thing off your face. And, and it's like, oh my Lord. I mean, that's, yeah, that's pretty self-righteous. That's pretty, pretty arrogant. We got to repent of those kind of things. Um, and so, um, you know, and people, you know, where you're not using my version of the Bible, you're not teaching. I mean, you know, why aren't you teaching verse by verse through the whole Bible? Like such and such does it like, well, I mean, I have in Matthew, I have in Timothy, I have in James, I have in, I mean, I do when I can, and, but I'm also going to be led by the Lord. And sometimes I pull away from a passage and just speak right to the heart. If God is directing, um, and then, you know, th- this would be a whole nother podcast on, on, uh, critiquing music choices, you know, cause that's a tough one. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm just, uh, just taking a lot, a lot of this to the Lord because, um, you know, I mean, it's everything from, um, Oh, you know, there's a song, you know, let's say we're playing, Hey Shane, haven't you heard about elevation worship? How such and such? Oh, okay. No, I, I didn't know that. I mean, okay. Let me look into that maverick worship, you know, how they're going woke and really compromising a lot. Okay. Wow. Okay. I didn't, I don't, I don't have this insider trade information. Right. And then Hillsong, you know, look at where they ended up. Right. But does that mean there's no gifted artists at all in the Hillsong movement who can't bless us? Is that what that means? I mean, with, how about, um, let's say uh, a church plays a song by Bethel. Oh my Lord. People are throwing up, uh, throwing a fit. They're leaving the church. Okay. What about if it's by, you know, Kim Walker Smith, who I interviewed before, you can watch that podcast, and put in my name and her name. And this interview will come up that I ask all the hard questions. I talked to actually Sean Foyt this week and, uh, people that maybe were identified with that, um, doesn't necessarily mean that they are endorsing everything from that church. And so that's the key for me is I look at the worship leader. I look at their character. I look at their heart, but then you do get into, you know, CCNL licensing and, and, you know, now you, are you, are you, is the money going to the church or is the money going to the artist? Is the money going to missions? I mean, I, or just a lot of stuff we don't know. Um, but obviously we're not playing, you know, worship by Jehovah witness or worship by Mormons, uh, and things like that and, and different organizations. And if we went through the hymns and I, I don't want to do that cause I don't want to, you know, uh, discourage anyone, but there are some hymns written by some slaveholders. Uh, there's some hymns written by some universalists who believe everyone is going to go to heaven. Um, and I still love those hymns. I'm not going to let them rob me of those hymns because they mean a lot to me and my God. And so, you know, it, it is, it is, it, I understand why there is a battle and I wish I had a clear cut answer. I mean, you could just say we're pulling off everything from anybody questionable. I mean, I even get heat when I listen to skillet, they're harder, you know, it's good workout music, jogging, working out skillet. And I'm going to interview uh, the leader here soon on a podcast. And uh, but just a godly guy standing up for the culture, standing up for what is right, you know, speaking the truth in love. And how do you reach that that audience, that the, the the younger crowd that wants the you know the Metallica? How do you how do you try to replace Metallica? What about the rap? How do you re- that's where um, 
Lecrae got started. I don't know where he's at now, but you know, you're a- actually offering a another alternative. And I don't believe that drums or guitar from the devil, because there can be war cries. You know, I can picture the nation of Israel pounding drums, you know, war cry. We're going to, we're going to walk around Jericho. Obviously I didn't have guitars back then, but you know, it, it's, it, it, there's a war cry sometimes. And so that's why the instruments I believe are neutral. Now, granted, there is a, some guitar riffs where you can, you know, they're dark and demonic. You know, I just think of Black Sabbath and Ozzy, Metallica, Ronnie James Dio, all the ones I used to listen to ACDC and you can, there's just a darkness there, but you know, I believe we can also redeem the theme of harder music. Uh, and what about, uh, when that guy, that song was that song probably 20 years ago. Now you are my healer and he wore like an oxygen thing in his nose. And, uh, man, that's a powerful song. I think it was heal song maybe back then. And, uh, come to find out he, he never had cancer. He wasn't struggling with cancer. So it was kind of like this big charade. Uh, and I'm like, well, I still love that song. So, you know, um, boy, oh boy, I think with criticism, you don't want to run off the deep end and totally change who you are and your image and your calling just because of the feedback from some. Uh, but on the other hand, you don't want to just totally avoid constructive feedback, never be open to anything. I look at the character of the person telling me the, 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 the um, um, you know, the criticism, for example, uh, Rob McCoy has speaked into my life before Jack Hibbs, uh, Dr. Michael Brown, it's going to upset some of you. Uh, and, uh, Jim Garlow, you know, these guys have shot me straight. You know, as I'm, as I'm younger in the ministry and going up and, Hey, be careful of this. Hey, you don't want to come across this way. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and man, you learn from that. Cause these are people you respect. Um, I'm trying to think what else, anyone else you would know, but those are and then of course, godly leaders, you know, in our area, you know, I, I would say that we're affiliated with other churches, even though we're non-denominational and these pastors can definitely speak into my life. Um, and so that's the key. You know, are they critical or are they truly concerned? Uh, do they have a, a right view about you? And that's the problem with social media. They don't know you. They don't know your heart. They just get, you know, little snippets here and there. Um, but here's the key. Time spent with God. If I'm spending time with God, I'm humbling myself. I'm repenting maybe of besetting sin. Um, you know, I've opened up about that before and even little sins. And, uh, you know, here I am opening up about myself again. And people kind of, you know, I get, I get people make jokes about this and that's okay. But, you know, I'm just trying to help people, which has helped a lot of people. But, you know, that's one reason why I weaned off uh, coffee is because it would turn me into a jerk. And so, you know, I mean, that's just a bottom line to repent to that. And it's a drug. And if I do have some, maybe a little bit now and then, or some green tea. And again, that's just my own personal experience talking about even little sins. Um, because man, I'm, why am I snappy? Why am I irritable? Why am I, you know, what's going on here? This is giving me everything but the fruit of the spirit. So as I'm spending time with God, I'm humbling myself. I'm repenting of those things. I'm working on those things. I'm seeking God like never before. I'm filled with the word. I'm obeying the word. So as a result of all those things, now I'm filled with the spirit. The byproduct of that is who I am. And if that offends people, I, you know, I, I don't know what to say. Um, but again, those who are convicted, are often trying to deflect the conviction. You know, and I, I did a, 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 boy, this one really upset some people. The top 10 things that convict people, you can probably find that on YouTube from my sermons, the top 10 things that convict people from my sermon. And I know a lot of people that need to work on those areas. Um, and instead of choosing to humble themselves, repent and work on those areas, 
they fire off on the messenger. Ah, you're just being hard. You're just being this. You're, don't you know the, the Bible says alcohol is fine? Don't you, see, don't you think that, you know, I mean, you fill in the blank. It's, and why are you always calling people to repentance? Don't you know about the love of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God? Yeah, I talk about the love of God and the grace of God and mercy of God often. It's grace that's brought me here thus far, and it's going to be grace that takes me home. But the problem right now is we're not talking too much about repentance in our nation. We're talking too little. And so again, my calling, so see people judge you on, they basically, they don't like who you are or what you stand for. Some, some things they do, some things they don't, and they just feel the need to call you out. It removes the conviction from their own heart, you know, but on the flip side, you can't always say, well, you're just convicted. You're just convicted. You're just convicted. We, we have to, you know, own and say, okay, well, maybe, maybe you're not convicted in this area. Maybe, you know, I'm speaking to thousands of Tens, I'm speaking to tens of thousands of people each week on radio and different things. Could it be that God's maybe ministering to them too and not just you? You know, so it's just incredible, this whole idea of of, um, of handling criticism. So anyway, hope you enjoyed this latest episode of Pastors Unplugged. Make sure to subscribe and uh, you can receive these uh, whenever I'm able to put them out. All right. Thank you. Additional support, you can visit my website, shaneidleman.com, where I will also write about many of the topics that we will be discussing. Sermons and free downloads of my books are also available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.